Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. My name is Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned business growth strategist, helping entrepreneurs around the world to make six and seven figure leaps in their business. Each week, we bring you multiple episodes designed to help you go further faster in accomplishing your goals and dreams. Now let's get down to business. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am honored and thrilled to have with me today, Jeff Brown. Jeff, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Kelly. I'm excited to be here. Definitely. I snagged Jeff up for the show for you guys as a special treat for today because you guys have heard me talk a lot about how much fun podcasting has been, what a difference it's made in my business, and Jeff is the go-to person in the industry that teaches entrepreneurs how to take a love of podcasting and translate it in a way to connect with people and build their business around it. So I'm going to share a little bit about Jeff, let him fill in some gaps, and then we're going to have a fun dialogue here today. So for nearly 30 years, Jeff has been earning a living behind the microphone, first as an award-winning broadcaster and now as a successful podcaster, podcast coach, and speaker. Since July of 2013, Jeff has served as a host of the Read to Lead podcast, a three-time Best Business Podcast nominee featuring interviews with today's best business book authors, including Seth Godin, John Maxwell, Gary Vaynerchuk, Simon Sinek, Chris Brogan, Brian Tracy, Dan Miller, and over 100 more, and I was honored to be on the show just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Jeff draws on his experience as a former on-air personality to coach and mentor new and upcoming podcasters. He specializes in helping clients to understand how to leverage the intimacy of the medium, utilizing the techniques that have enabled him and his clients to successfully stand out from the crowd. Jeff and his worth have been featured in Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur, the blogs of Seth Godin, Chris Brogan, Jeff Goins, Social Media Explorer, as well as publications like the Nashville Business Journal, The Tennessean, and over 100 other blogs and podcasts. Woo, I'm exhausted. Jeff, welcome to the show. You are an accomplished man, and it is an honor to have you here. I gave you a, that's a mouthful there, wasn't it? Yeah, that's, that's some amazing work. So I think a big dream that a lot of people have, Jeff, is to earn a living behind a mic. Um, and you've done that in two mm. different facets, you know, over your lifetime, both on the radio side of things and now the podcasting side. So first of all, how did you know that this is like where you were meant to be? <laughs> well, um, at, a, at a young age, uh, as a boy, um, I was fascinated with audio in general. I remember getting a tape recorder for Christmas one year uh, and just playing in my room, pretending I was a DJ, actually tinkering with um, editing audio, even though I didn't know the first thing about it uh, when I was a kid. Uh, and then I kind of got sidetracked from that. Actually, in high school, I, I uh, discovered a love for, for music and songwriting and, and playing an instrument. And ended up going to college as a music uh, music education major, uh, before realizing that I wasn't as good at some of those things as I as I thought I was. When I got to college, it was like, you know, suddenly I went from being like the best in high school to being surrounded by a whole bunch of people that were better than me. And I was at an age where I didn't appreciate the value in that, mm -hmm. you know, and surrounding yourself with with people more talented and smarter than you. The saying, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Uh, well, I was in the right room and just didn't didn't understand that. And so I ended up dropping out and, and went back later to finish and get a degree in, in business. Uh, but during that time where I was kind of in between uh, having dropped out and going back, 
I started thinking about radio again and uh, managed over a period of about six months to kind of work my way into that field, starting out just kind of doing anything anybody would allow me to do. I mean, I'd sweep the floors and clean the bathrooms right. if that's what I had to do to get in the building. And over time, I managed to, to kind of work my way um, behind the board, uh, first just pushing buttons and you know not allowed to say anything or turn the microphone on. Uh, but eventually, I was able to do that, and it just kind of grew from there. And I really just learned on the job for the most part. Um, and that started, gosh, it, it <laughs> makes me feel old, but that started way back in 1987. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about the shift? I mean, so much has changed, obviously. I mean, it, with this free form now, podcast is so on the rise. It's like exploding everywhere. Um, what do you see about the opportunity for, for entrepreneurs with leveraging this medium? And where do you see things going? I think it's a tremendous opportunity. Uh, you know, when I started in radio, uh, as you well know, you had to have someone else's permission to do a lot of these things. If I wanted to be heard by a large audience, someone had to, you know, grant me uh, uh, the right to to work at that radio station and get behind that microphone. None of us need that permission anymore. Uh, and the cool thing is I can start a podcast, you can start a podcast, and, and we can go beyond just being heard in, in the market that we're in. We're, we're being heard you know, all over the world, literally. Yes. Uh, and to me, that's such a tremendous opportunity uh, when you can, as a friend of mine says, take permission and 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 really the sky's the limit uh, and with very little investment, as you well know, too. And so what used to take millions of dollars and towers and transmitters and all that, uh, you know, a laptop uh, and an Internet connection and you're on your way. Yeah. It's really unbelievable that we're at this intersection, this time, this moment in history where, you know, with your laptop and a microphone, you can be reaching millions of people. With your iPhone, <laughs> you can flip the camera on. And it's unbelievable these things, like you said, that, you know, used to, you'd have to go to a professional studio and, you know, it was just unbelievable red <laughs> tape to even get access to these things. Everyone now has this opportunity right in their fingertips. Um, but just because the opportunities there, of course, does not mean that people leverage it well or that everyone is successful with it. So, you know, obviously in the Podcaster Academy, you're teaching people how to leverage this platform. What do you believe are the biggest differentiators, Jeff, between those that are able to impact millions and make money from behind the mic versus those that maybe start and then lose steam or never really find their traction, find their own audience and niche? Well, I think uh, as, as I survey the landscape, Kelly, I think the single biggest mistake that nearly every podcaster makes um, is a lack of focus or nearly every podcaster who isn't having success at it <laughs> is a lack of focus. And, and to understand whether or not you have a lack of focus, in my view, you have to ask yourself uh, two basic questions. And question number one is, do I have a clearly articulated worldview? Do I know what that is? Have I thought that through, and, and am I expressing that at the outset of every episode? In other words, does my listener know what that is? Because your worldview is, in essence, the answer to the question why you do it. Like Simon Sinek said, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And your listener is craving, is dying to know why you're in this. And that's what they'll buy into, and that's what will draw them to your show if you take advantage of the opportunity to tell them that, not just once, but each and every episode. So a clearly articulated worldview, that's uh, thing number one you have to address. The second thing is, uh, and I, I know you know this well, do I know who my ideal listener is? Have I identified that individual very, very specifically? 
And, and I recommend people go so far as to once they've identified that person, you know, we can talk psychographics and demographics or a combination of the two. I generally recommend people start with demographics. That's easier for most folks. Uh, but if that doesn't resonate, start by maybe looking in the mirror. Your ideal yes. listener may be someone quite a bit like you. If that doesn't quite resonate, then do what I did. Look in the mirror and turn the clock back about 10 years or five years. Mm -hmm. My ideal listener is a, a young man who is where I was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's who I'm trying to help. And so I went so far and suggest my clients go so far as then to take uh, tear from a magazine or print from the Internet an image that, uh, in your mind, you know, hits that person uh, to a T, uh, just really represents that person well in your mind. Have that picture in front of you as you're recording your content if you need to, to remind yourself who you're talking to. And, and if you struggle with how to say what it is you want to say, say it as you would to that person were they sitting right next to you. And it will always come out in a compelling and impactful way. And secondarily, have that picture in front of you to remind you that you're never talking to more than one person. If you can prompt yourself every time you address uh, the listener to address a single individual, every single person will feel like you're talking just to them. And that's when you truly get into leveraging what I call the intimacy of the medium. I love that. So why do you do what you do? And are you clearly articulating that, you know, with every single episode? Are you focused in on that perfect ideal client that you're speaking to? And are you articulating your message in, in such a way that it's going to hit that one person that you're focused on? I love that. Um, and it's interesting because you started the answer with saying focus. And so it's, we're talking about podcasting here, but really, are we talking about podcasting? Are we talking about life, business and everything else, right? <laughs> yeah, it applies to so many different things. Yeah. I, I gave a talk at a conference a couple of weeks ago and, uh, about this very topic. And, and I was asked to come, uh, to talk about podcasting specifically. Uh, but I mentioned to, to the crowd that, you know, what I'm talking about here really applies to everything, not just podcasting. Yeah, so true. And I mean, that's why I like spending time on it. I think podcasting actually pushes you into kind of fast forward mode in every other area of your business mm -hmm. because you're you have to get clear and you have to make so many decisions and, and you're putting so much strategy into it if you're if you're committed and, and you're really, you know, making this something that's going to be a, a long term sustainable strategy. It really does push you in so many other aspects of your business as well, because in order for those dots to connect and support one another, you kind of have to work through those things, right? Yeah, and one of one of my the, my favorite things about this this medium, uh, because of that intimacy we talked about a moment ago, and, and, and your tribe, those consuming your content, can be made to feel like they're having a conversation with you, like like you're sitting right next to them. Because of that, I think it's one of the the fastest ways to to grow an audience, uh, more so than I think any other kind of content. And it's also, I believe, one of the best ways. Uh, to deepen and build trust with that audience. Oh my gosh, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I hear that over and over again, you know, and I'm sure you do with, with the Podcaster Academy and everything that you're doing as well. You know, people feel 
that they already have a relationship with you before they've ever spoken to you. You know, <laughs> it's like they know you, they know like your kids, they know your husband, like they, they know everything <laughs> about you, right? Like they're like, this is your schedule, right? Um, but no, it is. <laughs> but I mean, talk about trust and talk about a, a very noisy world, right? Where mm -hmm. the, the noise has never been greater. The barrier to entry has never been lower. You're looking for a way to connect with people in a, in a world where we everything is connected and yet we're completely disconnected and podcasting kind of drops right down in the middle of that and and it kind of addresses all of those things the the speed of trust the sense of connection the relationship building and the leverage and scale which i think is the most beautiful thing connected to that kelly i think you hit on something there is i'm a big believer in this format obviously and another reason why i'm such a fan of it is unlike any other form of content you can create podcasting doesn't force you or listening to a podcast doesn't force you to to decide between that and something else you might want to do you can listen to a podcast and it can piggyback onto things you're already doing or it can make things you have to do more enjoyable and more tolerable, uh, like commuting, for example. And so, you know, if I want to watch your video or if I want to read your blog, I have to stop pretty much everything else in order to do that. Not, not to, to, uh, to disparage those f forms of content creation, not at all, but I think podcasting has an advantage in that sense that it can go with me and, and I can enjoy that. And, and it's not that everything else has to stop for me to do that. And so for that reason, I think it's easier to to uh, keep people's attention. You know, we have this issue of shrinking attention spans. And over the last few years, it's gone down from, you know, like 12 seconds on average to about seven or eight seconds, which puts us on par with most goldfish, right? When it comes to yeah, our attention spans. But I think podcasting, uh, uh, by and large, doesn't have to concern itself with that as much because of its ability to piggyback on the, on what you're already doing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It, it allows you to live life, keep in motion, keep moving forward, but consume and, and take things in that are going to help you um, without having to stop. And I totally agree. And I think that's one of the things that makes podcasting so sustainable is that unique element of that. Um, so, you know, I think that there's probably a lot of people, we have uh, very advanced entrepreneurs that listen to the show, but we also have aspiring ones, of course, and entrepreneurs of all levels, sizes, focuses. And I think there's probably some people that, you know, obviously they listen to this show, they listen to other great shows like Read to Lead, yours and, and others, um, but they've never thought about doing it for themselves. And maybe that's because they think, well, in the bit business niche that I'm in or the industry that I'm in, it wouldn't be a fit for me or what would I talk about or what would I focus on? Um, I'm sure you have seen every um, you know walk of life in in the podcaster academy. You know that that has leveraged this medium successfully. It, can you give some examples of maybe some unique niche um, podcasts or individuals that are doing very specialized businesses that have leveraged this medium well? Yeah, well, I'll start with my own experience, and I can branch out from that, certainly. Um, uh, I kicked around the idea, Kelly, of doing a podcast probably for four or five years before ever actually doing one. And I was like that, that person you just described, like, what would I do a podcast about? I, I think I think I want to do something over here, but I'm not sure what that would be. And I found over a period of time that it was the answer was right under my nose all along. And I think uh, and I believe this is a case for you. It's certainly the case for me. And I think it's the case for many is oftentimes that thing that we are drawn to is that thing that we're passionate about. Now, it doesn't have to start with passion, but it often does in the, in, in this medium. 
And so for me, I was somebody who was a passionate and is a passionate reader. I believe in the power of intentional and consistent reading uh, to the point that um, I've, I've been reading, you know, roughly a book a week. That's not, you know, a, a lot for some people, but for, for most people, that's, that's quite a bit. And, and I've been doing that for about three or four years. And it was about three months into that process where I was kind of counting up the books I'd read um, uh, early uh, in 2013. And I realized the pace that I was reading at. And I thought to myself, well, gosh, you know, maybe this is my podcast idea. Maybe this is what I should be doing and taking this passion uh, for this and sharing it with other people and, and trying to present this content that I'm going through pretty quickly in a way that makes it easier to consume for others who, who maybe don't have as, as much time to dedicate to it or, or um, would like to read more than they're able to or whatever. Maybe I can sort of be the audio cliffs notes. Yeah. Uh, for, for books. And so when that idea came to me, when that epiphany hit me on the way home from work one day, um, I decided right then and there that I was going to begin the process and uh, researching it and, and, and gathering all the tools I needed to make it happen. And, and I, I find that's the case uh, for a lot of people. It's, it, it's often right under their nose, uh, this specific yes. thing that they want to, uh, that they should uh, do a podcast about but it's not always obvious. And so I go back to that, to that worldview. I have a, a template that I pass along to clients that, that's very simple, very easy to, to understand, and you just fill in the blanks. And it's, I believe that blank, and that first blank is a very specific thing or action, is blank, to blank, in blank. And so let me kind of fill in the blanks uh, in, in the case of read to lead. So for me, that's, I believe that intentional and consistent reading, a very specific thing or action, is key to success in business and in life. That's what I believe. That's my worldview. That's why I do the podcast. But I'm not finished yet because if I state it that way on my show, uh, your response as a listener is likely to be, well, congratulations. Good for you. That's right. awesome. I'm, I'm happy for you. That's not enough for me as a listener to internalize it just yet. And so we take it and we turn it into an if-then statement, almost uh, like an ultimatum. And, and we say it this way, if you desire true success in business and in life, then intentional and consistent reading is a must. That's what I believe. If you want ABC, you have to do XYZ. Put another way, if you're, if you're not willing to do ABC, then you can't have, receive, or achieve XYZ. And the beautiful thing about that, Kelly, is that forces people listening to feel something, to pick a side. And what you eliminate, all but eliminate, is those who might otherwise be in the middle, who might be indifferent. By forcing them to, to take a side, here's what happens. Those who agree with your worldview, they keep listening for the obvious reason. They want to hear their own beliefs affirmed. You're preaching to the choir, right? But those who disagree, even those on the opposite side of the aisle, because your statement is bold, emphatic, confident, unapologetic, you've piqued their curiosity. Yes. They yes. keep believing because now they're curious to hear you defend what you believe. What you've done with them is you've drawn a line in the sand, you've dared them to cross it, and you've said, if you're brave enough, if you're willing to let me challenge your view or maybe change your mind, you'll go on this journey. If not, that's okay. Then this show's not for you. And what you have is, again, a lack of 
and this is what you want, indifference. The opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. And by positioning this worldview just so, you eliminate and take away the chance of anybody feeling like, I don't care. They feel something one way or the other. I love that. Well, and I think the the curiosity is so, so important, especially as we talked about earlier with marketing these days. There's so much information. There's so many resources. That curiosity is is so important. And also, I love the challenge of it. I love the challenge of, you know, really getting them to pick a side and to really put some thought into this. And I also think it, it definitely raises the question, like, what does this guy know that I don't? Like, exactly. What, what is this guy up to? Like, how does he, like, he's he's pretty determined. He's pretty, you know, co- <laughs> convinced and certain of this. So that's a really good perspective and a great exercise for people to do following this show today. So thank you for walking us through that. Now, you mentioned uh, the word willingness. And, you know, that's that's a big that's a big thing for me. I talk a lot on the show, you know, uh, about that. And, and I think that, one of the things I say to my clients all the time is you have to be willing to spend between 10 and 100 times the effort and energy and time marketing your content as you do creating it or there's no point in doing it at all. Um, and so, you know, I think we the sitting behind the mic is fun and it's awesome and it's engaging and, and it's exciting, right? But But if you don't do the work to connect with the people out there in the world that will love and appreciate that content that you've created and consume it, then you're you're talking on a mic to yourself and your guests, <laughs> right? So, so talk to me a little bit about some of the the key strategies that that you teach your students in the Podcaster Academy and that you think are are must for individuals that really care about their podcast and or are considering launching a podcast and want it to be a profitable one. You know, there's two things I, I say about that, and I, I I ask all my clients before I agree to work with them. Uh, that they're willing to uh, put um, probably a little more work uh, at the outset than they're comfortable putting. And by that, I mean, I'm the kind of coach uh, who's going to work with you if you believe that excellence with consistency practiced over time is important, because I place a lot of importance on that. So before we start marketing, before we start pushing, promoting, we need to ensure first, dot the I's and cross the T's and make sure we've got something worth drawing people to. Now, you have to be careful with that, obviously, because you can uh, you can sort of get into that danger mode of the perfection mindset. And, and done is better than perfect. I am a believer in that. A very smart person said that, and I don't disagree with it. Uh, but I'm seeing a, a lot in the podcast space, a lot of people, a lot of people who have been doing podcasts for a while and then come to me and ask me to help them figure out why it's not working – I've seen a lot of people use those perfection avoidance mantras, done is better than perfect, as an excuse now that they're past publishing to publish mediocre work. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, well, it's done. You know, it's, it's, I, I did it. I, I, I met my obligation. It's better than perfect. It's done. Now, if you do that long term, no amount of marketing or promotion right. is going to help you. Exactly. <laughs> it's sort of the uh, this, the Steve Martin uh, quote uh, from Born Standing Up, um, be so good they can't ignore you. Uh, when you uh, practice excellence with consistency over time, a lot of times uh, everything else takes care of itself. I mean, that solves most of your problems. Yes. Having said that, I will say that there are a couple of key things you can do uh, to to help draw attention to your show beyond that. Uh, and 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 bring new eyes to it. Oftentimes we have not because we ask not. And so um, I have found that by developing relationships 
um, with those in sort of an editorial decision-making position at various uh, podcast directories. Uh, uh, those directories we as content creators depend on a lot to, to, to syndicate our shows. You know, we have to go beyond just having it on our blog, right? It needs to be on iTunes and Stitcher and elsewhere, and we depend heavily on that. Well, you need to be thinking about developing relationships with folks at those uh, places who make the editorial decisions as to what's featured when and, and where. And, and by doing that and, and you know, playing the long game, being willing to do that over a period of 8, 10, 12 months, I've managed to get my foot in the door and say things to the folks at Stitcher like, hey, what, what's required to have my, my, sh my show featured on the front page as, as I see you feature shows on the front page every single day? Uh, and then have that happen not once but six times and, and see, you know, literally, and I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of thousands of downloads as a result of that. Now, mm -hmm. the dust settles eventually and things come back down to normal. But the times where I've had that opportunity, um, I have seen my monthly downloads increase month to month by as much as 50%. And so it's things like that that, can, that, that we, we just don't think about doing. Um, but if you'll take the time, again, it's relationships. If you'll build those relationships, mutually beneficial relationships uh, uh, with those key people, it can, it can have a huge impact. Yeah, that's an awesome tip. And I think it's, again, it's that preparation meets opportunity because your ability to capture the hearts and minds of those people during that spike is what determines if they become a subscriber, mm -hmm. right? And keep coming back and end up on your list and your programs or if it was just a spike where you got exposed to a lot of people but you didn't capture the moment. And obviously you right. captured the moment over and over and over <laughs> again, which is why I'm, I'm help having you uh, school my audience today <laughs> on how they can do the same thing. Um, but that's a great tip. Have any other key strategies that, that you would want to make sure um, people, you know, look at out of the gate as far as marketing or growing their podcast? Yeah, one very simple one, and I think it's missed a lot, is I would make sure in the early going that you're making sure to, to check things like iTunes and, and your category and the top 200 chart and, and, and things of that nature, especially in the early going, because iTunes, as you know, favors new podcasts in those first few weeks. And so the likelihood that you're going to be showing up in some of these key places like new and noteworthy and in the top 200 of your category and et cetera, that's, that's more likely to be the case in the early going, if not also down the road. So if you can grab, you know, a particular screenshots of your show doing well, or a win here, a win there, make sure you're sharing that with your tribe, not from a, Hey, look at me standpoint, but put the, put the put the blame, quote unquote, back on them. Say this is happening because of you, because of your support. I asked you to help me. You've been helping me. Now looks look at what's uh, happened as a result of that. And so you're giving them the credit, and 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 showering them with the attention. And at the same time, uh, uh, you know, on a side note, a P.S. Oh, you know, my show's number three or whatever. I love that. I love that. So once again, it's it's always coming back to relationships, but. Um, I think that that's, that's just an awesome strategy. And I think the other thing too, and, and this is how I got started, Jeff, is doing guest podcasting. You know, I really learned about podcasting from being a guest on other people's shows. And then one day, I don't know what hit me. I realized like, wait a second, what am I doing? Like, why don't I have my own show? You know, but I, I think you get exposed to a lot of, you know, new people, um, by being on the right podcast 
consistently and, and gaining exposure by, um, you know, being out there and just sharing of yourself and giving of yourself that way. And, and I think that's a, another great strategy that has been really helpful for us, too. I agree. Um, I, I tell my clients, and, and this sounds so simple. I mean, you you basically just said it. The best way to get word out about your show is to be on other shows because you're getting in front of people already consuming the medium. You're not having to go out and find people who don't currently listen to podcasts and convince them to listen to yours. You're getting in front of people already doing it. Yeah. And that's that's the best group to get in front of. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. That's perfect. This is uh, so, so helpful. Um, so what what's your biggest passion right now in terms of like the whole, you've been on the whole spectrum, the radio, the podcasting, you're coaching, you're mentoring, you're running the podcast academy. What are you most excited about as you look forward? Well, I've been speaking a lot more lately, and though several years ago, Kelly, <laughs> despite my years in radio and turning on a microphone and talking to thousands of people at the same time just about every day, uh, public speaking used to, to just be the most like scary thing to me. Uh, but uh, in the last three to five years, uh, I've just forced myself out of my comfort zone to do it more and more and more and more to the point now where I just gleefully look forward to any opportunity to do that. And a lot of times I'm speaking on on podcasting, not always, uh, but oftentimes I'm I'm sharing some of these very same things uh, with with live audiences. And I just I love teaching, I love uh, coaching, I love mentoring, and so anything that gives me the opportunity to to do that more, I'm all about. I love that. So it, it's really interesting to hear you say that. I mean, obviously, a lot of people um, struggle with public speaking, have a desire down the road to do public speaking. Maybe they're terrified of it, whatever the case. You have such a long and successful career, and you're still challenging yourself to expand and grow and put yourself out there in, in ways that make you uncomfortable. And then to be able to see yourself go from you know one side of the spectrum to the other is so awesome. Um, I, I always like to ask people what tips they have for listeners that uh, really want to begin getting themselves out there as a speaker themselves. So you know, do you have any tips for the listeners on that? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, and I'll, I'll share one that, uh, uh, that is in regard to uh, calming nerves. Uh, if that's something that, that, uh, you struggle with, I'll start with that. And if you want me to add anything, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. But I did a couple of, of speaking engagements back to back, which I learned never to do again. They were too close together. And so because of that, I, I, one suffered, frankly, in, in my view, I felt like I was much better prepared for the first one, uh, than I was, uh, the second one. And it's interesting in that, that the first one that I did was one that was sort of 10 months in the making. And when I was asked to do it, I said yes right away. But as soon as I said yes, I thought, oh, my gosh, what have you gotten yourself into? There's going to be this person there and this person there. And you're going to be you're so nervous and you're probably right. going to screw it up and all these different things. When I was ready to go out on stage and, and waiting to be introduced, there wasn't a nervous bone in my body. Now, fast forward a week. Uh, and by the way, that first audience was several hundred people. Fast forward a week, and I'm in a room of 40 people, and I'm nervous. And, and I got through it, and I, I got past that. But at the, at the outset, I was, you know, a little nervous, and and I could feel it. I could hear it in my own voice. And the main difference between those two things was preparation and practice. I preach this in the podcast space too. The first gig, the, the really big one, I had had more time to prepare, about 10 months. And I had practiced that talk probably 30 times out loud in my office. I hadn't had near that much 
uh, time and not, not near as much spent practicing and preparation on the second talk. And I find that when I give a talk ample time uh, in preparation and practice, no matter how big it is, no matter um, how uncomfortable it was to say yes because of what a big deal it was, makes a huge difference in the nerves. It yeah. just does. I've heard people say that, and up until recently, I didn't believe it until I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah, so true. It does definitely make a difference for sure. It's, I mean, one, like all of your energy is is channeled into just trying to remember and make it your way through. The other, you're actually getting to show your personality and connect with people and look people in the eye and have fun um, with your presentation. So that is a great tip for people for sure. And what about getting booked? What are some of your favorite strategies? I'm sure your your team does this for you. Any, any favorite strategies in terms of of um, getting yourself out there as a speaker, getting booked today for you know meaningful opportunities that get you in front of the right target market. Well, for me, the, the single best thing that I have done uh, in regard to increasing the amount of speaking gigs, um, and this was one of the reasons I started it, was creating a podcast, frankly. And that's that's done more for, for getting me new gigs than any single other strategy I've ever used. And and it's mainly the networking aspect of podcasting specifically. The folks that I've had the chance to meet and interview and then oftentimes like like here come on their shows, um, uh, that more than anything else I have done has raised my profile uh, to, to people who otherwise wouldn't have had any clue of who I was. Right. Uh, and I, th I think probably being on other podcasts as much as anything, um, uh, maybe even more so than than doing my own. But I think the two in combination have had a huge impact on on the number of, of invitations that I receive. And, and I think that's in part because people get a chance to kind of you know, hear what I'm going to you know, yes. be like presenting yes. in, in sort of a similar kind of kind of, um, you know, uh, medium, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, and that's been that's been a tremendous help. No, I couldn't agree more. And I think the podcasting community is a very special one. Um, I, I think that podcasters in general are extraordinarily supportive of one another. Um, and, and I really see a sense of community. I mean, we I'm still fairly new to the podcasting community. We've been up for about a year now. But, you know, it, it's a very supportive community. And, and everyone wants to lift each other up and help each other and promote each other. And it definitely, um, I think because there's so much commitment to great content, um, there's a lot of value, like on a deeper level than other mediums, I think. I agree. I agree. I, that you've, you've basically taken my, my, uh, my mantra and, and recited it back to me. I couldn't agree with that more. That's awesome. Well, listen, Jeff, I, your time is very valuable. So I want to thank you so much for being an unbelievable guest today. I want to give the listeners an opportunity to connect and learn more about your programs, what you're doing with the Podcaster Academy, that type of thing. What is the best place for them to uh, connect, learn more, etc.? Yeah, uh, the website is simply podcasteracademy.com. There are three or four different uh, uh, courses, some uh, very inexpensive uh, that you might want to check out uh, to learn more about my methods and how I approach the medium. And uh, it really has a focus on uh, presentation and packaging as much as anything. Um, and then at readtoleadpodcast.com, I have a resource there uh, related to public speaking that, that folks may want to uh, check out um, called My Presentation Toolbox. I find a lot of folks, Kelly, uh, struggle with putting the, the actual presentation together and understanding how to take that outline or that content and then turn that into compelling 
um, thought-provoking slides. Yes. And so this 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 uh, ebook, which is free, uh, walks people uh, through my process. And I have found, as I have done more and more talks, one of the questions I get as much as any other is, "What tools are you using? How did you put this together? Where did you get your all those all those questions are answered in that in that ebook." That's awesome. Okay, so guys. I want you to head over to readtolead.com to get the speaker toolkit to answer those questions for you, help you formulate your talk, get organized, focused, and strategic and leveraging yourself out there as a speaker. And if you think that podcasting might be a great next step to get your message out in the world, make an impact, and grow your business, head over to podcasteracademy.com to check out the amazing work that Jeff is doing there. Jeff, thank you for being an unbelievable guest. It was an honor to have you on the show today. It was an honor to be here, Kelly. I mean that. I, I thank you so much for the for the opportunity. You got it. So that's a wrap. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today to Unstoppable Success Radio. I value every single one of our listeners. Hope you guys enjoyed the show today. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.